0: Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. This is your One Question Monday, where myself, I am Shannon, and Dr. Peyton Busker, who teaches for EBLO and works for EBLO, and as a physical, former physical therapist, we go over one of your questions just as concisely as we can. So today we are talking about steps and walking, and we love walking around here, mm-hmm. but I think there's lots of confusion of how much should you be walking? Can you overwalk? How many steps do you need to be taking per day? How much cardio do you need to be doing per day? There's lots of confusion around this. And so we want to kind of make this more clear for you. I think there's also a lot of popularity around like under the desk treadmills. And should you be doing that or or how can you incorporate that into into your workday? So let's get into it. we Ready. Ready. Okay. So, first let's talk about our recommend our overall recommendation for cardio and then we'll kind of make this more mac, micro and we'll talk about like we'll funnel it down a little bit more as we go along. So, yeah. Our our recommendation for cardio per week is 150 minutes of zone 2 cardio, which is just like light to moderate intensity cardio this mm-hmm. can be your walking this can be you know um if you're a runner like a a jog that's like pretty low intensity swimming biking anything that's like not going to overstress your system but that gets your heart rate up a little bit mm-hmm. we like to say that like you should still be able to breathe in and out through your nose yeah um but you might be to the point where it's getting difficult to breathe in and out through your nose or like you could easily hold a conversation as you're going yes yes um I think you know how we do that how Peyton and I both do that is walks like I walk like 10 to 50, 10 to 30 minutes a day it depends um and we're doing this on top of our strength training so I think the question is like there's a lot of buzz around like getting 10,000 steps or 12,000 steps or 20,000 steps sure. for weight loss mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I want to talk about that. What are your thoughts on getting increasing that above that 150 minutes per week for weight loss?
1: Yeah, I think first of all, I think when people are looking at that 150 minute mark, they only think of it in terms of like things that are deemed specific cardio exercise. So that's kind of first thing that will go down of if you're doing a, a strength training program or something like Evlo our are built or build and burn classes, uh they will probably tap into that level of cardio as well. You'll notice if you're taking those classes, your heart rate gets up. Sometimes mine I feel like gets even a little bit higher than moderate, especially with our lower body classes and our lower body exercises. So those activities can also be looped into your 150 minutes. So it doesn't have to be 150 minutes specifically walking or specifically biking or insert, you know, cardio appropriately beamed exercise in there that you like. Um, So that's kind of first thing. And then second thing, going down the rabbit hole of using it for weight loss, um, whether you're using cardio strength training, insert your favorite form of exercise in there for weight loss. Like, I don't think any of that is necessarily a good idea. Um, You touched on it a good bit. in last week's episode of Fit Body Happy Joints of why it might be fruitless or actually detrimental to track your calories burned or your calories out. Um, at when in thinking in terms of weight loss, because what can happen is it, and just a quick summary of your podcast episode was it really hinders your relationship with exercise. It makes you think of exercise as this exchange for your food or what you can do in your time outside of your exercise, which I think is a really tough relationship to repair and something that we work hard against here at Evlo. Um, And then it also isn't necessarily scientifically sound as well because of the constrained energy expenditure model, which you've talked in depth about before and, and showing that when we try and increase our activity through things like walking or biking more or whatever it is that oftentimes other things like our fidgeting or our digestion slows down because our body wants to stay within a narrow range. Um, so using exercise in any form, whether it's these 150 minutes of cardio or strength training specifically for weight loss is, is not necessarily the best route to
0: go. Yes. So in other words, we want to do cardio because it's good for your body. It's good to keep your body moving, but it's not necessarily shown to be very effective for weight loss. So just increasing your cardio to lose weight and then potentially increasing your cardio too much to the point where it is hindering your muscle growth. It's hindering what you're doing. The, the work that you're putting in during your strength sessions might be counterproductive. Yeah. Um. So just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned just so that the audience isn't confused. You said how, in our strength training sessions, you know, it's also doubles as cardio. Like strength training, your heart rate gets up. Like I always say in class, your heart and lungs don't know the difference between whether you're lifting a weight or whether you're walking or running. All it knows, all your heart and lungs know is that there's increased demand for blood and oxygen from your tissues. So your heart and lungs have to work faster, harder, and your cardiac output increases. Yep. So, do we recommend, in addition to strength training, do we recommend extra cardio on top of that?
1: Typically uh, we, we talk about getting our daily walks in. So that's what you and I typically like to do. So like you said, about 10 to 30 minutes of a walk a day, um, is really all you would need on top of what we're doing within Eblo. So that would be the recommendation just to get because if you're doing the classes, you won't quite make it to that 150 minutes if you're just counting that um, towards your 150 minutes. So getting in that low level of activity um, or low to moderate level of activity through something easy like a walk is good to add on. But it doesn't have to be hours and hours. Like we said, yeah. 30 minutes is what we aim for and
0: and that's it. Yep. That's how we do it is we do our strength classes. We teach our EVO classes and then we go on walks every day. And that's, that covers both the strength aspect of training and then the cardio aspect of training, the low intensity cardio aspect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the question is we covered how increasing your cardio doesn't necessarily lead to faster weight loss. But can it actually hinder your muscle growth? We get a lot of questions of people saying like, can I walk too much? Are there, you know, if I'm trying to get 20,000 steps per day, is that too much in addition to my strength training session? So let's talk about that. Can, can you overwalk?
1: Yes, I definitely think you can. And I think this question is really person specific. So if you are that person who's asking yourself, am I walking too much? The first step would be looking at your symptoms. Are you feeling like you aren't recovering well from your workouts? Are you feeling like you're staying getting really sore and staying really sore for long amounts of time, like greater than a couple of days? Um, are you feeling cranky in your joints, especially things like your ankles and your knees, your hips and low back even? Um, and then are you like excessively fatigued overall in your system? So those might be like the that would be the first step. First plan of action is analyze, look at your symptoms. If you're experiencing those type of things and you're doing a program like Evlo, that would be something to, to look at and potentially adjust. And then we also have some more specific measure that you've talked about a lot. Do you want to touch on that too, of how to really track your recovery specifically?
0: Yes. Yes. Cause there's the conversation of like walking is high, can be high repetition, especially if you're taking a lot of a lot of steps. And so that can affect like the joints themselves, um, via overuse and inflammation in the joints themselves. We don't want to say walking is bad or wrong, or that you should be afraid of it. But again, it's just something to monitor. Like you said, checking your, checking how your joints feel, but then there's the systemic piece of it, the nervous system piece of it, which is you can over fatigue your body from doing too much work and your central nervous system Can be affected. And when your central nervous system is fatigued, you won't be growing muscles as effectively. You won't be progressing in your strength training as effectively. It's called the interference effect. So you can do too much cardio over fatiguing your central nervous system, which can have an effect on the on your muscle growth. Mm -hmm. So there's ways that you can kind of track how recovered you are. You can kind of track your central nervous system fatigue. And I've talked about this in a a podcast episode in detail, but we can just like quickly go over the two ways that I like to track. So the first way is the CO2 tolerance test. So it's really just a way to kind of um, test how recovered your nervous system is. And what you do is you take five deep breaths in and out and really long inhales, really long exhales, really think about expanding your rib cage, really engaging the diaphragm Five of your deepest breaths on your fifth inhale, you'll inhale in as much as you can, and you'll exhale, breathe out through pursed lips, letting as little air out as possible, breathing out, breathing out, breathing out for as long as you can. And as soon as you no longer can breathe out any air, and you're going to time that. So start your timer. When you start breathing out time, how long you can breathe out. Once you've let out your last millimeter of air, you stop the timer. Mm -hmm. In general, there's different metrics for this, but in general, if you can't hit that 30 second mark, it could be an indication that your central nervous system is not recovering and that you either need to take a recovery day, or maybe you need to dial back the amount of walking or cardio that you're doing or adjust your routine somehow so that you're not over depleting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's number one. That's the first way to kind of track your systemic recovery. And then the second way is a grip grip test, grip strength test. You can do this using a dynamometer. There's, I think like a $35 dynamometer on, uh, Amazon. If you're really serious about this, you can just, you know, search hand dynamometer on Amazon and it'll, it'll pull up. Um, and this dynamometer, you basically squeeze it with your hands and it measures how strong you can grip. So you'll squeeze as hard as you can, and it'll give you a number Mm -hmm. in the hand dynamometer. There is a table where, um, you can kind of see what, what normal is based on your age and gender. And so if you're falling below normal, if your grip strength is weaker, it could be an indication that you're not recovered. And I think like a lot of people think grip strength, hand strength, that, that yes. doesn't matter. Like, I don't care how strong my hands are. Well, it actually turns out that grip strength is a really good indication of your overall strength in your body and your overall recovery levels. Yes. Cause if you think about it, if your central nervous system is fatigued, it won't be sending out strong signals to your muscles to be able to contract with really high quality and with really high velocity. So if you're seeing that your hands are weaker, the rest of your body is probably also weaker. So that could be an indication of, you know, you need to dial it back on the cardio a little bit. You need to dial it back on the walking. If you don't have a hand dynamometer, you can also just like squeeze really anything and just kind of have it be more subjective. Like you could squeeze a sock and see like, does my hand feel weak? It's probably an indication that I'm not as recovered.
1: Yeah. Or even taking it, giving yourself a little experiment of taking your two recoveries, that recovery days that we recommend, then doing that grip strength test right after your two full recovery days, see how strong that feels. Then towards the end of the week test again, see if it's as strong as it was then, or Where you're falling, and that might give you like your own indication, like within your own body, of how you're doing.
0: Yes. And it might change based on the season of of life you're in. Like sometimes you might have months, weeks that you're more stressed than others, in which case you need to be adjusting your routine based on your stress levels. So if you are super stressed, just adding more and more and more exercise is not going to move the needle for you. In fact, that can be detrimental. So if you're like, I am getting no sleep this week. I've got a stressful thing at work going on or whatever, maybe dial back the walking a little bit or dial, maybe even taking out a strength training session so that you make sure that you're recovering properly. I think a great tool that Peyton, you now use is the aura ring. And it's something that I haven't invested in yet, but something that I might invest in soon. And what I love is that it gives you a recovery score. Um, maybe we should do a separate podcast about this, but Peyton, do you think that's a pretty reliable? Cause you know, your body pretty well. Do you think it's pretty reliable?
1: I do. It's been really interesting. So I started using it just a couple months ago and it, I had, so I had a lot of data points in how I felt Prior to ever having this, I did not use. I used an Apple Watch back in the day, but I haven't used one in years. Um, so I, I'm very in tune with like how I'm feeling, and it's been really cool to see like my my. They call it a readiness score. So my readiness score after my two recovery days is typically really, really high, like close to the nineties, and highest is obviously a hundred. Um, but it's like low nineties, high eighties, and then. As I get towards the end of my week, that's when I start to see it begin to decline. Um, and then it's perfect timing for my two recovery days again on my weekend. And it's been really cool to watch because you it gives you so many metrics to go off of in terms of how they determine this readiness score and also your sleep score. Those are the two big scores that you get. Each day when you wake up and sync your order ring, um, and so it's almost like a game to see how much you can recover, which is like the opposite of most tracking devices, right? So it's been it's been really fun to see. Okay, it's like I thought I was functioning really well on like six hours of sleep, but. It's, it's showing me in these metrics and, and kind of lining up with how I feel too of no, when you actually get more sleep or when I personally get more sleep, my readiness score goes way up or when I'm getting a good balance of activity, my, and the day before my readiness score is great. But sometimes I've had days where I've done, I've probably gone a little too much. I've done like an EBLO, I've taught an EBLO class. I've done walking. I've been gone on a bike ride, whatever it may be. My readiness score is typically a little bit lower the next day. And that's just showing like, Hey, it's okay. And normal to have ebbs and flows in your days and your activity, but you don't want to be doing excessive amounts of activity days upon days upon days, because you're not going to give your body the time to recover. And then your, your strength workouts aren't going to be as effective because that the muscle buildup is in that recovery. Like we need to be in a, in that anabolic state. That's more of that parasympathetic nervous system to be able to build our muscles up otherwise we're just running ourselves into a little bit of a hole
0: oh oh my gosh drop the mic yeah and this is not sponsored by aura ring no. yeah <laughs> but aura ring if you want to sponsor us <laughs> we love it because it's like like you said it's the opposite of what a lot of other fitness trackers other fitness trackers are telling you to do more more and more aura ring is telling you like hey do what this is what your body needs today so let's do this so we just love that um yeah,
1: cool that there's like, there is a bar for activity, but it's, it it feels like the other two measures are like way more important to aura and also to me. So it's been really cool to see. Love
0: that. Love that. Okay. So just to wrap this up, I want to talk about how many steps you should take in a day, because Mm -hmm. I think that people get really obsessive with this number and the 10,000 steps per day is kind of like the gold standard to shoot for. And I have some thoughts about this. I think, you know, we really just talked a lot about how the steps don't really matter. Like it's really what you're doing and how you can recover. Like what you're doing in your strength training sessions and then how you can recover. The 10K steps is a totally arbitrary number. In fact, this number was first um, it actually came from marketing. There was a Japanese pedometer company that uh put out a marketing campaign about getting 10,000 steps and they they created that number to sell their pedometer, right? This doesn't necessarily come from science. So I think that's really important to understand. You can do a lot less steps in a day and still see great results. Again, especially if you're strength training, if you're strength training, you're getting great movement, you're challenging your muscles, you're challenging your heart and lungs, and then adding that 150 minutes per week on top of your strength training can can be an awesome addition. So I don't stress about the 10K steps
1: Yeah. And I I think I don't track my number of steps at all.
0: No, me either. Me either. And if you want to add, if you want to add more and you feel good adding more, like if you're like, I love to go on a long walk, like it feels good for me. Um, or I love to go on some jogs or whatever. We're not saying don't do that. It's just, do you have to do that to see results? No. Right. And if you are choosing to do that, learning how to track your recovery so that you're not working against yourself, I think, is the most important piece.
1: I think that's super important, especially with you know we we are of a certain age where we are on TikTok and Instagram a lot, and and especially on TikTok, the under the treadmill desks are majorly trending, and it's an awesome way to get some more movement in for people who are in more sedentary jobs. But the same rules apply to to you and and if you're in that position of. You definitely want to be tracking these, these recovery signs, listening to your body, not just walking for hours on end all day long, just for the purposes of either weight loss or thinking you need to do that or anything like that really use it as a way to improve your activity level, to change your positioning more. So good for posturing, um, as opposed to like, I need to be honest for all eight hours of my day. Like just be, just be weary of that and make sure you listen to your own body and not just TikTok.
0: Yes. Amen. Okay. So with that, we will end it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you on Thursday for another episode. Bye for now.